You're listening to the Good Samaritan Anglican Church Podcast. The following sermon was recorded on December 2nd, 2018. A reading from the Gospel of Luke. And there will be signs in sun and moon and stars and on the earth distress of nations in perplexity because of the roaring of the sea and the waves, people fainting with fear and with foreboding of what is coming on the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken, and then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, straighten up and raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. And he told them a parable. Look at the fig tree. And all the trees. As soon as they come out and leaf, you see for yourselves and know that summer is already near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all has taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the cares of this life and that day come upon you suddenly like a trap. For it will come upon all who dwell on the face of the whole earth. But stay awake at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place, and to stand before the Son of Man. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Well, I have been known to be a procrastinator from time to time. When I was in college, I often would be the the guy that was staying up all night trying to finish off that paper before I had to turn it in at 8 o'clock in the morning, and then I'd I'd sleep later uh, after I had turned in the paper. Somewhere about halfway through college, I realized I, I couldn't stay up anymore like that, and so I would actually just go to bed and sleep for three or four hours and then finish the paper between 2 in the morning and 8 o'clock when it needed to be turned in. So sometimes I I just work down to the very last minute, but I find sometimes that 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 procrastination gives me a focus that I need to to get the thing done in the end. Sometimes my best work is done under the pressure of a deadline. Maybe it is for you too. Here's the thing. The return of Jesus can seem like something way off in the distance, a far-off event that we know, that we trust as Christians, is going to happen someday. But we don't always treat it as though it could happen tomorrow. And while we talk sometimes about how, well, Jesus might be coming tomorrow, or we'll meet again unless the Lord comes first, we say those things often in jest and not with, with true seriousness about the fact that Jesus is coming back, and we don't know when, and it could happen at any moment. We treat it as though it's going to happen a hundred or two hundred or two thousand years from now. And it could. We don't know. Could be tomorrow. Could be two thousand years. Could be four thousand years. We just don't know. And in fact, Jesus himself said that he doesn't know. That only the Father in heaven knows when that time will come. But when it does come, we need to be ready. 
And so this, this sense of this distance between us and when Jesus is returning can lull us into a sense of spiritual laziness. It can get away from the sense of urgency that the Gospels seem to give us, saying that the Lord will come soon. And the epistles testify to this as well. The Lord will come soon. And so we should be living our lives in a way that that suggests that the Lord will come soon, trusting in that, living our lives by that. My father once had a a t-shirt, and it said, Jesus is coming, look busy. Jesus is coming, look busy. And I think that's the way we sometimes treat this. We think Jesus is going to come, and so we're, we're waiting. Jesus gave us some signs. He said things are going to happen. He says, uh, look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they come out and leaf, you see for yourselves and know that summer is already near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. And so maybe we could just be lazy. We could just wait. And when we see these signs coming then we could get ready really quickly. That fits in with with the procrastination that I sometimes do. But that's not how Jesus wants us to live. Jesus wants us to live our lives every day ready for his return. And it's not not that he's trying to get us. It's not like he's, he's doing a surprise inspection. It's more that he wants us to live our lives ready for him at any moment. Because that's the best way to live our lives. Not in fear of his coming, but in anticipation of his coming. Think about when you were a child, and think about what this time of year was like. It's agonizing, waiting for these four weeks for Christmas to finally be here. You get out your advent calendars and you start counting down the days. 24, 23, 22, 21. When is Christmas going to be here? My kids are asking me all the time. They think it's, you know, right around the corner. And that's how we should be anticipating the coming of Jesus. For those who are eagerly waiting for him, for those who have put their trust and their faith in him, that is a day of joy because our salvation is drawing near. And so what would it look like to anticipate each and every day waiting eagerly for the Lord to come? One of the things I like about being an Anglican is that we have a a church year, a church calendar that we follow each and every year, and it helps us to order the events from the life of Christ and remember each of them in succession. And so this time of year is a yearly reminder for us of the second coming of Jesus. It's also a reminder that we need to prepare to celebrate Christmas prepare our hearts to make him room, as it says in one of those wonderful Christmas hymns. And so in this season of preparation, we have a yearly reminder of the things that we should be doing each and every day anyway. So what does Jesus say? How should we be preparing? I included a few extra verses in our gospel today because it has Jesus' instructions about what this preparation looks like. And he says, but watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the cares of this life, and that day come upon you suddenly like a trap. For it will come upon all who dwell on the face of the whole earth. But stay awake at all times, 
praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and stand before the Son of Man. So this preparation involves things like waiting and watching. But it also involves holiness. Advent is a time to remember that that day is coming and that it's time to take stock of our spiritual life, to see where things are out of order and with God's help to put them back into order. Advent and Lent are sort of like spiritual checkup seasons. When you go to your doctor, your doctor tells you the things that you know you should be doing and it gives you that little extra kick in the pants to, you know, start exercising again or watch what you're eating a little bit more. Advent and Lent are similar in that sense. There are are two annual kicks in the pants to say, hey, are you living the way God is calling you to live? What's out of alignment? How does God want to do a course correction in your life? So what corrections is God calling you to make? In verse 34, it talks about dissipation and drunkenness. I think we all know what drunkenness is. We may not know what dissipation is. Uh, But it goes along with the term drunkenness. It's sort of like the the hangover or the overindulgence that comes with consuming too much alcohol. But I don't think this is specifically talking just about alcohol, although it includes that. I think it's a a larger metaphor for all of the the sort of big sins that we would look at and, and say, oh yeah, that's a sin. Yeah, I shouldn't be doing that. No, a Christian shouldn't be doing those things. And yet, sometimes Christians do fall into those things. And it's, it's not as hard to fall into those things as you might think it might be. Bishop J.C. Ryle, who was an Anglican bishop in the 1800s, said this about uh, this passage in particular. He said, The exhortation before us should teach us the immense importance of humility. There is no sin so great, but a great saint may fall into it. And there is no saint so great but he may fall into a great sin. And if you just think for a moment, even this year, about some of the the very large, prominent megachurch pastors who have fallen to serious scandals, people who have been looked up towards, people who have spoken into other people's lives, you know that there are some, some great saints, and this has happened even in our own diocese this year. But great saints can also fall into great sin. And so we need to be on the lookout for those things in our life. We need to be careful lest we fall into that, or if we have fallen into it, we need to try and get out of it with the help of the Lord. This is a time of year to make that kind of a correction. But I think the the thing that's probably more sobering, even though we're talking about drunkenness, I think the thing that's more sobering is what Jesus says next lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the cares of this life. And the cares of this life. This is in many ways more insidious because it's often unnoticeable. We can get so consumed with the busyness of the unimportant things in our life that we lose sight of the most important things. Stephen Covey Uh, who was the the author of the the Franklin Covey Planner and a number of of, uh, books about productivity and and other things like that, uh, used to lay things out in a grid. And he would classify things as important 
and urgent. And so in this grid, he would have four boxes, things that are not important and not urgent, things that are important but not urgent, things that are urgent but not important, and then finally things that are both important and urgent. And it's too easy to spend our lives in the category of urgent but not important. Things that are coming up constantly. Fire, you have the, the idea of having to put out fires constantly. The fires aren't the important things, but we're distracted by them. We're always running after that fire and that fire and that fire and that fire. But it causes us to neglect the more important things. And so unless we carve out space for it, unless we make an intentional decision to do those things first, those things that are important but not urgent, they can too easily fall by the wayside and not get done at all. And unfortunately, our spiritual lives often fall into that category. Truly, there is nothing more important you could focus on than your spiritual life, than your walk with God, your relationship with God. But in the tyranny of the urgent, it can be easy to let your quiet time go today, and then tomorrow, and then into next week and the week after, until pretty soon you're not having a quiet time at all, or not reading the scriptures at all, or not praying at all. It's too easy to let those things go. But there's nothing more important than your relationship with God. And so it's something that you need to invest in, something I need to invest in. This is a time of year to make that course correction. And so in Advent, even though for many it becomes one of the busiest seasons of the year as we prepare for Christmas and Christmas parties and Christmas presents and Christmas trees and Christmas decorations and There's so many things that we feel this urgency to prepare for. Advent is actually a time when we're supposed to slow down. And to do that, you have to fight for it. You have to make an intentional decision to let this be a season of preparation, not of decorations and presents and parties, but a season of preparation in our hearts. Not that the other preparations are bad. Certainly go ahead and make those preparations, but don't let them take over the preparation of your heart for the coming of Jesus at Christmas, and even more importantly, the second coming of Christ at the end of the age, whenever that might be. Could be tomorrow. We might not make it to Christmas, and wouldn't that be awesome? So growing in holiness is one of the things that we're supposed to focus on in a season like this. But another thing is encouraging one another. And this is a theme that we picked up on in our reading from Thessalonians today. In Thessalonians, we hear about Timothy's encouraging report. He had come from Thessalonica to Paul, wherever Paul was at that time, and brought Paul an encouraging report. Now that Timothy has come to us from you and has brought us the good news of your faith and love and reported that you always remember us kindly and long to see us as we long to see you, for this reason, brothers, in our distress and affliction, we have been comforted about you through your faith. Paul received comfort from Timothy as Timothy, as the representative of the Thessalonian church, brought greetings, brought encouragement. And we see this a lot in Paul's letters. 
in his interactions with other churches as well. Messengers, church leaders had been going from place to place, bringing Paul messages about what was going on in the various churches he had planted. We've been hearing about that in our study on 2 Corinthians as well. It was a great encouragement to Paul to hear these messages from other churches, to hear how they're doing, to hear of their faith, to hear of their endurance. And it built him up in times of distress and discomfort and persecution to know that these other churches were doing well and were carrying on in the things that he had called them to and taught them. And we can do this for one another, too. At the end of 1 Thessalonians, it says this, Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just as you are doing. A lot of the Christian life is about growing in holiness, but also about encouraging one another, helping others to grow in their faith, helping others to grow in their holiness, encouraging them in times when they're down, building them up, building up their faith. And so we can do this for one another here in this church, and we can do this for other believers who are distant from us. And this is one of the interesting things about our mission trip to Parker last week. Those of us who went to Parker uh, went, and we were an encouragement to the people there. And even though the purpose of this trip was chiefly to bring supplies with us, supplies that we as a church had collected, supplies that other churches in the Jacksonville area had collected that we took with us, and we certainly handed out lots of supplies. I think all of it disappeared by the end of the day. There's some great need in that area. At the same time, a theme I heard over and over and over again from the people we met is they would ask us, where are you, where are you from? And we'd say, Jacksonville. And they'd say, you drove all the way from Jacksonville to bring us this stuff? And we'd say, yes. And that was an encouragement to them as well. And I know our friends at Apostles by the Sea, who have been working in Parker for the last month or so since the hurricane, I know they were encouraged, too, by our presence. And so the things that we brought with us while they were important weren't actually the most important thing that we did while we were there. The most important thing we did was encourage the people we met, encourage them with the love of God, encourage them in their faith, encourage them to keep doing what they're doing. And so to end the sermon today, I want to share with you a video uh, that shows a little about what we were doing and some of the encouragement that we experienced while we were there. This has been a production of Good Samaritan Anglican Church in Middleburg, Florida. For more sermons, sermon notes, and information about our congregation, please visit www.goodsamaritananglican.org sermons. If this podcast has been helpful to you, please subscribe and leave us a review with your favorite podcast player. Thank you for listening. God bless you.